G'day, this is Mark Rafferty, also known as Dr. Darcy Tyler on Neighbours. Alan Fletcher here, aka Dr. Carl Kennedy from Neighbours. It is Kim Valentine here, or Libby Kennedy from Neighbours. It is Jason Cruz here, also known as Nicholas Atkins. And you're listening to the award-winning Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast. The best podcast in the entire world. JK, Adam and Kim, thanks for taking me down memory lane. You are the best UK Neighbours that anyone could ask for. So welcome to the Neighbourhood Rewatch Podcast, award-winning comedy podcast that's sometimes about neighbours. I'm your host of sorts, JK. We have Adam here. All right. And we have Tim. We don't have Tim. Nah. Now, no Tim this week. Uh, he's ill because, that. to be fair to him, that's his new gimmick now. He's that's ill. That's also the excuse he's not used yet. Yeah, true. He's killed off quite a few relatives at this point. So. Yeah. Grace has had a lot of fucking... Oh, right. I was going to say he's used Grace's birthday for a fucking excuse. Time to make fun of this, please. Uh, <laughs> so this fucking blew my mind this week. Um, not that Tim's ill, because fuck it, it's just his latest excuse. The other day, he was ill and he was disappointed because Grace, it was a bit of a special occasion, fair play. But, you know, they come along to the loved ones and all that for us all at some point during the year. And he was like, well, I'm doing, you know, I've got Grace a cake and uh, it's a bit of a special occasion, whatever. I text the group and said, oh, shit, is it a birthday? Genuinely thought, oh, shit, I, I probably need to wish Grace a happy birthday or something. Don't want to miss it. Not exactly. Not exactly. Do you want to, do you want to tell the people what it actually was? So it wasn't uh, a birthday is, I don't know what the actual definition is. November. Uh, but the, the definition of a birthday is the, the day of the year that you were born on. And then you celebrate it every year. Uh, but Tim doesn't want to do that. Uh, he's decided to celebrate uh, great, or, or decided not to in the end because he was ill. Grace's 10,000th day on this earth. It's short. It really wound me up. It shouldn't have. <laughs> it shouldn't have because it was quite a romantic. It's a romantic gesture. I guess why he's done it. He's, he's trying to be romantic and do something nice where Grace will go, oh. I'm going to defend him here because you have uh, publicly chastised him for doing Valentine's Day. And, you know, it's a it's a mandatory love day and you're doing it like everybody else. I think he's tried to think outside the box here. Oh, uh, it's out, fair play. It is outside the box. Outside no the other box. dickhead's doing this. <laughs> but he's definitely got it for... It's definitely... Actually, no, he's definitely not thought of it. He's definitely seen it from a shit rom-com that him and Grace have watched. I thought that. I thought this is going to be from a rom-com or off a post off Instagram or TikTok. I bet he's got a TikTok and he don't fucking tell us. I just think... Like this, this yeah. felt like he's maybe he's trying to apologize for something. Has he done something and he's trying to do a grand gesture? What's he done? <laughs> does, that, that, does that thing of like chocolates, chocolates, I love you, flowers are sorry. What the fuck is, is a 10,000 day cake worrying me? I think he's done something. And I know Grace, not, you know, not as well as Tim, but I've, I've met Grace a couple of times. She, Gives me the impression of someone who'd go, oh, okay, why? I can almost see her face. Uh, yeah, it's like kind of like when a cat brings me a dead mouse. I want to know what rom com is seeing. I'm going to Google that shit. <laughs> anyway, we hope you get better soon, Tim. Um, Nothing wrong with him. If not, maybe get the doctors to have a look. We're not saying you can be poisoned, but just. It's better to know if it is. Hey guys, this is Marissa, the OG and the best of Summer Hoyland, and you're listening to the OG and the best Neighbours podcast, the Neighbourhood Rewatch. Okay, the way we do, oh, we watch Neighbours episodes, don't we? 
I've only watched four out of five this week. Have you? Yeah. Oh, it's okay. It's this is this is the problem. When something big happens in Neighbours, there's a good two three weeks where fuck all happens afterwards, and we're firmly stuck in that period of there's fuck all happening right now. We are like the main storylines that they've got at the moment would always be like backup storylines if there was anything big happening, but they've had to kind of make them the main ones. And then they've got, they have got a few little funny ones going on, um, which I, you know, I do like the funny ones and we needed a bit of lightheartedness after the last couple of weeks, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Very true. Well, should we start about, we should we start off with some lightheartedness? Uh, the yeah, school please. is, the school is, so Shell, Delta and Tani was back on the scene. have all got uh, pretend babies. There, there are those, there are those babies that cry and shit themselves. The, these babies blatantly don't cry. These are just dolls, and then in edit, they have put the sound of crying over the top. These aren't crying babies. These are just regular dolls that they've that they've found. You think uh, babies isn't splashed out for the crying shitting baby? No, the cry is a token cry that they have put on in the edit afterwards. And what do you think they've done for the shit? There isn't any shits. There's not, oh. not. There's nothing there. It's just. And here, this this is one of those storylines that I think crops up in loads of different things. I'm sure I've seen other TV shows where teenagers are given bags of flour or whatever, and they've got to deal with it. It happened to Niles in Frasier. He did. That was a fucking fantastic episode. Brilliant episode, because uh, he had a bag of flour and he kept fucking it up and everything. It was really good. I think it happened on stuff like... I don't know, like Saved by the Bell or something. Other shows like that um, to see how they cope. Uh, and Michelle is not coping very well at all. But luckily, she has got Dad of the Year, her own fucking dad, Joe Scully, to bail her out. Who has dealt with real crying and real shit. Do well, Joe Scully wants a new baby, possibly, with Lynn. They're thinking about having another one. So this is good practice for him as well. It is. Uh, do you not think so? Just to walk back a second there. Do you not? Was it not an actual thing? Am I misremembering this from school? Was there not a thing where you could do like child development class? Maybe like, pick that as like a GCSE, couldn't you? I'm pretty sure you could. I don't think that was there when we were there. I'm sure it was. I'm sure no. you had the choice of like design and technology, cooking, or let's be honest. If you're going to get knocked up in the next year, you're just hanging around to get knocked up in the next year. I mean, it would, I don't think it was. And the reason why I don't think it was is because we had a lot of fucking teenage pregnancy at the end of our school. (laughs) If they'd taken that class with Mrs. Carter, maybe um, they would have sorted it out instead of fucking graphic design, food technology, or resistant materials. (laughs) No, I'm I'm sure they might have introduced it halfway through when they realized that. There was too many teenage pregnancies going on. Maybe it was just a crash that they installed. I don't know. Yeah, there was definitely some girls who were just waiting to get impregnated. They were just, they had the eye on that council house straight away. Like, I want that one. That one's a three bedroom. It's got a nice garden. That one's mine. What council house has got three bedrooms and a nice garden? Fucking hell. None. The best ones to fucking to get pregnant quick. <laughs> Of course, if you listen to the Patreon, uh, you could hear of uh, certain packages where you could get pregnant uh, if you need a sperm donor, but that will cost you a pound a month. Worth every penny. Worth every penny. The, the pregnancy stuff won't cost you a pound a month. That'll be a lot more expensive than that. 
just just let you know. I don't want people getting thinking, oh fuck, you know, just be a pound a month for a baby. No. No, sorry, it's gonna be a lot more expensive for that. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. You fucking are. What the <laughs> fuck are you going on about? <laughs> Where's Tim? Where's Tim? Tim has been replaced this week by an AI bot. Should we? Uh... He's been replaced by your rubber half of the brain, by the sounds of it, which is never a good thing. <laughs> Should we type into ChatGPT now? Um, can you adopt the persona of Tim? Hello there, I'm Tim. I must admit, I'm quite fortunate I've married into money, but it's not everything. I recently upgraded my internet connection, so now I can play FIFA to my heart's content without <laughs> I also sell books as a side hustle, which keeps me busy when I'm not playing FIFA. Unfortunately, I do tell to falling ill quite frequently, which can be quite annoying. And to top it off, I don't consider myself to be very funny, which is a bit of a downer in social situations. Anyway, I'm content with my life and grateful for the blessings I have. More more input than he usually fucking gives us. <laughs> Thanks, Timbot. So, yeah, J- Joe Scully, father of Shell. So all the girls are like, oh, this is fucking well annoying. These fucking babies are crying and shitting everywhere. Should we? I want to go to the cinema. I want to watch. Tani wants to watch the new Guy Pearce movie, which I thought was a nice little, nice touch. Nice little nod there. So they're like, should we just fucking leave these babies with Joe and not tell him? And they're like, yeah, fuck get fucking right off. So off they go, straight down to see. Joe comes in and goes, fucking babies crying and shitting everywhere here. Ah, I'm trying to do my accounts because I'm I'm Joe Scully and I've got my building business. It's the day he does the books. He's got a very busy day. Yes, it's a very busy day. He's got to balance those balance those books, crunch those numbers. But now he's got to look after three crying shitting fake babies. This is it. It's usually like three men and a baby, but it's three babies and Joe Scully. <laughs> and he fucking sorts it all out though. He's fucking shattered but he has sorted it all out. He's even put Lynn's tea on when she gets home. He's fucking smashed it. Parenting, Joe, Cull- Joe Scully could teach a course. Yeah, absolutely. At a high school, if there was a lot of teenage pregnancies. <laughs> they, go, they fuck off to the cinema. Uh, Shell fucks off back home, I think. They all go to the coffee shop afterwards and go, oh, it was a great Guy Pearce movie. They, didn't go, they don't go and see the Guy Pearce film. Did they not? No, because no. only Tiny wanted to see the Guy Pearce film. The other two said, no, we want to go and see... Um, some it's some sort of period drama or something. Um, Nina, sorry, whoa, who Delta fucking Godrem and Michelle <laughs> want to see that, and when they choose it, and and Tani's like a bit gutted because she wanted to see the guy Pierce film. You can see her brain turning a little bit, and I thought, oh, she she's a bit, she feels a bit left out there that they've not chosen her film. I hope she doesn't revert to her former self. Of a dick. Lo and behold, three minutes later, she's a dick again. She was faced for about ten minutes, and now she's a heel dickhead done. again. Yeah, done it. At another quick heel turn. Maybe she just always was. She's not turned back to us. She just turned back to her actual self, I think, rather than her old self. Because well, it's yeah. because it's because of that. It's because of the film thing. Because they obviously chose against her, and now she wants to split up the two best friends. Um, and get Michelle as her own best friend. So she's she's kind of got something over Delta Goodrum. Yeah, not really, though. This is quite weak, if I'm honest. She's like, because Delta, because uh, Connor still wants to be Delta Goodrum's manager. Uh, so he's like bouncing around the coffee shop and she's like, mm, you two are a bit weird, aren't you? And he's like, do you like him? She's like, no, I don't like him. She's like, yeah, but if he was single and he was single, would you, uh, would you, would you? Like, and Shell was never born or whatever. And she's like, yeah, I probably would. She's like, ah, I fucking got you. I fucking got some on you now, you cunt. Yep. She's like, 
What? But, but she, Delta takes this, which is a bit weird, because the logical thing at that point is going, well, it was a hypothetical conversation and proof fucking happened. And she's like, I'm going to fucking tell Shell that you love Connor. Yeah. So Della just goes along with it. So they, they start... She's a bit around. of a simp, though, isn't she? She's a bit of a dope, like... Yeah. She's not She's not got the, the ways of the world. She's shy and innocent, Delta Goodrum. She wears cardigan, remember? She's got innocent eyes, some would say. Um. So later on, they're fucking around in Lynn's, Lynn's salon. And Tiny's like, right, I'm going to fuck with you now. And Della's like, don't fuck with me. And she's like, no, I'm going to because otherwise I'm going to tell Shell about you fancying Connor a little bit, maybe. She's like, oh, fucking hell, okay, no problem. She's like, right, get in that fucking machine over there. The blue rinse one, you're fucking in it right now. But hair's not blue. It turns out green. Because well, yeah, she wants yeah. to dye her hair red. That's the whole point. She's she's doing her, she's making her a redhead because Irish people like redheads, apparently. Yeah. Because um, But then it turns out green, and then Tani says, well, Connor will like it. And Delta Goodwin's like, whoa, you said you won't say anything. She's like, no, because he's Irish. And Loves Irish people like green things as well. Yeah, because Shell goes, what, what, what do you mean talking about Conifer? And she kind of plays it off. But yeah, Tani is just being usual Tani. The good old good room. Yeah. Still looks fucking brilliant, though. She's good. She looks a bit emo, a bit gothy with this green hair. She still looks like Delta Goodrum, though, and absolutely fantastic, in my opinion. Yeah. Did, did she ever go through an emo phase? I don't know. I feel like she might have almost done it, but I don't think she went full Avril Lavigne or anything. Okay. That's a shame. That's a shame. Maybe it's still to come. Maybe when she's still as well at the minute. She is poor Della. She's had to pull out some gigs. So Della Goodrum's ill and Tim's ill at exactly the same time. I know what you're thinking. Are they the same person? That wasn't what I was thinking. That actually <laughs> makes more sense than what I was thinking. She I've never seen them in the same room together. So that is very true. And Tim has travelled the world a lot as well. Has he travelled the same tour schedule as Della Goodrum? I, I, we should we put green hair on Tim and see what happens. Because if he looks like Delta Goodrum, I think we've cracked it. The Goodrum Code. G'day, this is Mark Rafferty, also known as Dr. Darcy Tyler on Neighbours. And you're listening to the award-winning Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast. Though I'd like to know what awards they won. They didn't tell me. Joe, we talk about Lumen Harold? Yeah, we could do. Rosie? Ugh. Oh, she's not going anywhere, is she? Hmm. Spoiler alert, yeah. Oh, we don't know. We'll sort through it as we go. So Harold has been determined to, to save Rosie. He wants to find... He's, he's thinking about getting a song together for her <laughs> and a bit of a petition. But no, he's enlisted someone to help him. Of course, he's enlisted OG Summer. Should we give her some music? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. She can have some music. Can we have the music be um, summer, 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 summer time, please? I will look. I don't know if we have the license for that. We're not allowed to play it at all, but that would be, if I could choose a jingle, that's what I would choose. Because if you need some shit sorting out, you call the OG. And she plays a fucking blinder here, doesn't she? Yeah. Because she gets a fuck ton of well, fucking more than Harold. Harold's like, oh, I've got 20 students today. She's like, 500, dickhead, done. He's just fucking bumbling around like a knobhead, isn't he? Like, he is useless. OG is straight away like, Put him a nan in a home. Will you sign this bit of paper? 
And all these knobheads are like, oh, shit, yeah, that's awful. And she's like, got another one. Got another one. Yeah, because I was like, wonder how she's doing this. And he follows her around for a bit. And she's like, yeah, going at home. So, uh, but like, she never explicitly, she plays it very clever, never explicitly says it, but heavily implies that she's getting put in a home. She lets them assume that's what it is. And then she goes along with it. It's fucking clever. It is very fucking clever. And it gets all the signatures. So Harold's fucking well chuffed with himself. He's like, brilliant, got all these fucking signatures. And Lou's like, yeah, but it's going to do fuck all, dickhead. Like, you're up against the church here, no bad. You well, mean- at this stage, Lou's quite liking the idea of leaving, um, going to a sunnier place with Rosie, new start, new life, new pub. He's up yeah. for it at the moment. I think it might be a bit closer to that girl who he used to be the dad for um, as well. So he's like, we'll we'll leave. It's fine. It's going to be fucking yes. brilliant. Win, win, win. Uh, but... He sees that Harold is doing this petition. He's like, I'm going to fucking do better than this petition. So in typical Lou style, he has some new house rules for this pub. Uh, and for his pub, the house rules are that before you buy it, before you, you're allowed to buy a drink, but before you're allowed to drink it, you've got to go phone the Archbishop and say, fucking save Rosie. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> he's, like, he's, his first one I think he gets is Toadie. Toadie's having a, had a busy morning or whatever. He comes in for like a lunchtime pint He's like, pause it, goes, wait, do you want this pint? Tony's like, yeah, pretty, I'd, I'd love that pint, actually. Uh, he says, well, you can have it if you phone the Archbishop. Like, that just sounds mental. Ringing up, uh, and, he's, and Tony says, fucking hell, I don't know what to say. And Lou has very handily printed out a load of, like, cards, prompt cards. cards, on the <laughs> bar. There's loads of them. Um, because Tony takes the first one, but then later on, we see like a big line of people, each with their own card, lining up at the payphone to ring the archbishop so that they can get their drinks. And then Carl comes in, Carl has already bought a drink. Lou says, Ah, that was for that drink. You have to ring <laughs> up again because Carl wants a bottle of wine now. Of course, he does. Pisshead. He says, Now you've got to ring up again. And then he says, Use card number four. That's not been used for a bit. So it's just <laughs> this ongoing fucking scam of ringing the Archbishop and saying, any chance you can keep fucking know-it-all Rosie in town, please. <laughs> but, lo and behold, fair play, fucking works. It has, it has worked. Because it shuts it. down the entire Archbishop's office's phone system, apparently. Yeah, I imagine, it's like in the old days where they had the... Like the women on the bang, switchboard, bang, bang. phone switchboard. We say like, bang, 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 bang. Switchboard, switchboard. I mentioned that, that in the fucking. What's that? You want the Archbishop? Oh, what's that? Bang. Jesus, fucking sorting some, it out. Some poor woman in the Vatican just got bang, bang, bang. Fucking, I, I, I can't keep poor up. Poor woman in the Vatican going bang, bang, bang as well. To be fair. <laughs> uh, but and, and yeah, and I was like, brilliant. My petition's done it because he's decided to put the, the Archbishop has decided to put the. Uh, the the idea on hold, under review, yeah. I think is the, the terminology used. And Harold's like, brilliant, my petition. And Lou's so like, you're a fucking dick. It's not the petition. It was me fucking getting people to ring in the pub. And Lou's smart as well, because you know you've got to pay to use that fucking phone pub as well. You've got to put fucking 20p in the meter there, aren't you? Mm-hmm. So Lou's got a fucking load of money as well. And Harold does not take kindly to this at all. He feels a bit... I don't know, emasculated, I think, maybe. The reason why he's not happy about this is 
it goes back to the very obvious fact that he wants to be with Rosie, and that's why he was putting all all the effort in. He wanted to be the hero to get her to stay, so he looks fucking mint, but also so he can still have a crack. If yeah. Rosie and Lou move, that's the end of that, isn't it? And Lou calls him out on it. He says, you're only doing all this because you want, you want Rosie. Be honest. And Harold takes a beat and then goes, yeah, you know what? You're right, dickhead. She's better than you. You don't deserve her. She should be with me. Fuck you. I'm she coming after your bitch. Me. Yeah, you will be with me. Uh, it's like, do you remember like Tupac and Biggie were feuding over about like shagging each other's women and stuff and they kept on like drip, you know. Is like, that what Tupac- they were feuding about? I think so, yeah. Oh, I don't Is know. it? It was definitely a song where Tupac just goes, I fucked your bitch. Yeah, but that I thought they were just feuding about like East Coast, West Coast, and all that. I think so, but I think I think it escalated into I'm going to fuck your bitch as well. I feel like I need to watch that documentary because yeah, at I'm the moment sure. we had we you've just made us sound like the whitest podcast in town <laughs> once again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that's to me what it looked like. Carol and Lou looks like Tupac and Biggie having a good old battle rap. Well, this uh, is the, the like this has been going on for a while as well now. It has, and Lou's been quite happy to just kind of let it bubble under because he's like, oh, he's just fucking Harold, and he's 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 useless, and he's he's no harm." But yeah, Lou's Lou's, Lou's fucking had enough. He's like, "Right, fuck it, I'm off. I'm not fucking staying with you, dickhead." And I was like, "Come on, we're friends. We always have fallout. We'll be fine." And he's just like, "No, nope, not this time." But Rosie's even said herself to Harold, "Look, I'm with Lou. Not happening." He, Harold does not Who come won? across well here, I don't think. And and sometimes you have to ask yourself, what would Harold do? And this is not the right thing, really, is it? No, he's definitely he's he's having a tough time. Well, even fucking Rosie calls him on it later on. She's like, you give me call yourself a fucking Christian, start fucking acting like one dickhead. Is that what she says? Yeah. So she finds that, out though. that. So Lou, I don't know if you know because you've not seen the last episode. Nope. Lou is sleeping in the pub. He's sleeping rough in the pub. So uh, he has to he has to kick Stu, Flick, and Steph out. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Get to that, Tim. We'll get to that. <laughs> we know you're listening, Tim. Uh, we'll ask Tim Bot's opinion in, in a second. Yeah. Uh, so he's sleeping rough in the pub. Uh, he, he closes the lights. He puts the chairs on, and he goes into the back and just gets out his little sleeping bag and. You're like, oh, he's sleeping in the in the pub. Rosie comes around the house and goes, oh, where's Lou? I mean, I was like, oh, I don't know. She's like, oh, is he coming back? Don't know. And Rosie's like, oh, like, what's going on? And I was like, oh, we've had a bit of a falling out. So she's like, right, okay, I'll go see him. He'll be at the pub probably because it's Lou's pub. Shows up at the pub and she's like, you've been fucking sleeping here, haven't you? And he's like, yeah, I mean, there is a sleeping bag right there, so yeah. She's like, "What's the fuck? What the fuck's going on with you?" And Lou's like, "Oh, Harold's a fucking dick and still thinks he can win you over." Does he tell her that? Yeah. Ooh. So, so then Rosie goes to the cafe, fucking has a right go at Harold and says, "You know, try and find some of that Christian spirit, you dick, because you're being a knobhead right now to Lou. You're not being his friend because Harold's just trying to play it off. Oh, we just we always fall out. Like he starts listing things they're falling out on, which is quite funny. Uh, it was like, oh, there was one time he thought we'd move the fence." to steal some of his land. And she's like, well, it's not like that, is it? So you better fucking sort it, dickhead. Do you want to know why I think the main problem with this for Harold is, though? 
Rosie is the only lady of that age booked to be in the show. Well, it's funny you should say that because there is someone of a, a very similar age. Oh? Uh, but she is preoccupied with the one. Ah! The only ego. How's that? How loud is that for you, Tim? Is it loud enough? You have. Yeah. Chloe Lambert has decided she isn't going to go for a Harold or a Lou type. She's going for a Darcy Tyler type. And the thing is about Darcy Tyler type, there's only one Darcy Tyler. Absolutely. And do you know what? If Rosie had thought about it, she could have made a play for Darcy. Darcy probably would have gone, yeah, all right. Never shagged the priest before. Let's do it. Should we do it in the church? Like He would, he would have gone for that. Absolutely. Probably. But yeah, his, his budding relationship with Chloe Lambert is going very well. Uh, he's now mates with Dr. Cook, who is like some sort of head. Cookie? Oh, Cookie, as is, 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 is he's known to his, his close friends. Yeah. Uh, and he's getting messages, sending messages to Darcy, going, oh, do you want to meet up? Great time last night. He gets invited to a, a quite a big function, a dinner. He does. By Cookie, because he met him at The Graduate, obviously. That world-renowned famous story that everybody knows, except two people on the planet. One of them... <laughs> In one of them fictional, one of them. <laughs> sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I verge on fictional. Yeah, you are quite fictional. It, so Cookie has invited him to that, and Darcy's like, "Oh, fucking brilliant!" And then Chloe goes, "Well, obviously I'm coming with you, dickhead." So she's like, "Just been to Lynn's. I'm a fucking hair done." Oh, she goes and gets her hair done, makes up with Lynn. Nice to see. Um, just goes for a trim. Um, but it's it's all in preparation for this date, even though she don't call it a date. They're just friends, and they're just going to this dinner. Um, and Darcy says, well, I'll pick you up this time. And Chloe says, no, I'm the one with a limo account. <laughs> so she is firmly in the driving seat. Well, not in the limo, because she'll get driven around. But in this relationship, um, and Darcy is getting a bit of a ribbon from Dr. Carl Kennedy. Carl's like, well, you're obviously going to be shagging. And Darcy's like, no, I can't. And Carl's like, but you will know. We all know. Yeah, because uh, because Chloe as well. While she's having a hair, while she's apologising for Mark being a, her son, Mark being a dick to Steph, and just all that shit that went down, she does have a good old complaint about her husband. Uh, just that I'm said says he's boring, doesn't want to do anything more, can't get an erection. Uh, it's, so she must have some fun and. Who, who better to have fun with than, than Dr. Darcy? Uh, so he, this relationship has been mutually beneficial for both of them right now. Darcy's repairing his reputation. Have we seen, as I say, I didn't see the last episode. Have we seen this dinner yet? No, it didn't Ooh, happen. So good. it means we'll get it in the next lot. Which yes. I love a good dinner. Because it'll... <laughs> no, I mean, I love a good dinner in Neighbours or a, a, a social. Because okay. it'll be on that set again, that was Tommy Tucker's. It'll just be great. There'll be some dodgy, there'll just be some ridiculous shit going on. I hope so. Yeah. So we'll look. I, I hope, little prediction, we don't, we haven't done predictions a little bit. I think they'll, they'll both get so pissed at the dinner that the, and the dinner will be at some sort of hotel. So they will get a room at the hotel after dinner because they're both a bit pissed and they don't want to go home. Yeah. But the big difference being is that Darcy will be able to maintain an erection. Oh, I've just thought of something else I want to talk about. Oh, go ahead. Go so, on. 
Right, we're, we're going to get to it, Tim. We're going to get to Flick and Steph and Stu. We're going to get to it. First of all, though, um, just while we're at the good hair day, the salon, Gino is back. I like Gino. Uh, oh, God, yeah. I forgot about his story. Gino, and he is putting on a play. It's like um, Camelot or something. He's, he wants all sorts of shit going on. So he wants Lynn to sort out the hair and the wigs and all that kind of stuff. Um, but he's, he's having a bit of a panic because he needs to build a set as well. And then... And, and he basically put, wants it, a rebuilding of Camelot. It, well, he wants it to look absolutely sensational. Even though um, it's just this amateur, amateur dramatics kind of thing in the local fucking school hall or something, he wants all literally all the bells and whistles. And... Harold, bumbling around as he is again, just when they're in the coffee shop, says, oh, Lynn, isn't Joe Scully your husband? And isn't he also a fucking mint builder of things? Lynn's like, fuck, yeah, he is. Well done. Um, so... Is it, is he, has Joe Scully fucked off rebuilding the school that he's been doing for ages? What school? Fuck every, every one of his other building jobs. He's now, he gets drafted in by Gino um, to build the sets and everything. And, and to begin with, He's like, oh, I'm going to give Gino a lot of shit because this is bullshit. I ain't got time for this. I've got all these fucking fake babies to look after. They keep shitting on my hand. Um, in the end, he quite likes it. And he's on the phone in the pub, not ringing the Archbishop, but trying to lay his hands on a load of fucking glitter for his fucking, <laughs> for his fucking castle that he's building, which is brilliant because all the other builders are there going, way. And he's, he's saying, no, I need, we need to get this sorted, lads. Come on. Um, and he's he's really kind of been bitten by the the set building bug, Joe Scully. Yeah, the theatre bug it does get you, doesn't it? When you get you get up on those bright lights on the stage, yeah. And he's 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 all in on this now. Like you see, he's getting the glitter. Um, he must be ringing the same people who get the glitter for glitter parties. This is it. I mean, I'm hoping that isn't the way this goes. <laughs> Go back and listen to the episode entitled "Glitter Party" if you want to know the, the in joke backstory to that one. Oh, and it's not—it's not any sort of joke that you'd imagine is coming as well. No, it's fucking horrendous. <laughs> so he's doing that. I like Gino though. I think he's a good little character. He's just antagonizes people uh, in that kind of over camp kind of way. I think he, I really like him, mate. And he's a great foil for Joe Scully as well. Because oh, he brilliant! Be any more opposite as Joe Scully. But then, because then these Joe starts liking it, they become really similar all of a sudden. It's, I uh, love that when when it's like, the, like you say, perfect foil. But then they somehow end up teaming up. It's fucking brilliant. And what I'm going to say, you can write this in your notes. I would love to have Gino on this podcast. Gino, I will find out. I will find Gino. Let's try and track down Gino. Let's try and track down Gino. And yeah, so Joe's all in on this. Steph can't, Steph Scully can't believe it. He's like, he's like, fucking, she's telling Stu, she's like, yeah, fucking hell, he's, he's all in. Well, he enlists her to help him out. Yeah, she, she, she scouts some stuff for him as well. So he, he's all in on this. I can't wait. Do you think the, the, the social that, uh, Darcy and Chloe are going to go to is this Camelot production? It will I, be. I don't. I think it's going to be a separate event, but I think. In the next set of episodes, I don't know how many we're going to watch, but I reckon, I reckon we'll see both of those events in it. That's, that's something to look forward to. That two are. events in the space of, should we say, five episodes? I'm happy with five. Yeah, five's a good number. It's a good number indeed. What would uh, Timbot? What do? What do you think Timbot would say? How many episodes do you think Timbot would want to watch of Neighbours? Uh, 
Uh, let's ask him now. Come on, Simbot. Right. Uh, he's put zero, which sounds very much like Jim. <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> so speaking of Steph and and Flick as well, the other Scullies, uh, they're in a little bit of a love triangle with Stu right now. It's been bubbling under for a while there. Is, is that what it is going to be? Are they doing it's, it? And yeah, it's, it's it's like I said, it's been bubbling. It's come to boil right now, if I'm going to follow that analogy through to its natural conclusion. So that's a second love triangle currently happening on Neighbours then? Yeah, full in, in the space of five episodes, fucking hell. Unbelievable. Unprecedented. So that Amanda girl who was like Stu Stalker has just dumped him. So that's the end of that. She was a pretty shit stalker, I think. Like, she wasn't really. She was carrying around a picture of him and she's like from the calendar and she knew who he was and she was pretending she didn't and she was a bit weird and it was like all that kind of stuff. At the first sign of him having a joke with Flick, she just fucks off. Yeah. She jumps in by phone. You just hear that me, 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 kind of uh, thing down the line. He's like, yeah, that. <laughs> and he's like, oh, fucking hell. Right. Yeah. I've been dumped. And they're like, oh, well, you're fucking shit with women, aren't you? And he's like, yeah, I kind of am. Anyway, is he or has he dodged a stalker? And yeah, he's, he's dodged a massive bullet there, hasn't he? Uh, so he's at the garage. Just He's just trying to do some fucking work because it isn't his garage. It's his dead mate's garage. And he's just trying to do some of the jobs. So Flick and Steph just take it upon themselves to just fucking constantly hound him at this garage. Like, literally, he's there, dude. He's fucking underneath doing all the stuff. He's... And then just one point, just fucking pulls him out. And he's... he's belting out some tunes as well. Yes. He's having a nice time just getting on about his day. And then here she comes again, Felicity Scully, to cause more fucking problems. Yeah. So he's like, oh, Stu, do you want to go for coffee? He's like, not really. I'm kind of fucking busy with all this backlog of stuff because Drew's dead. And she's like, oh, oh, come on, let's go for a coffee. And then Steph shows up and she's like, oh, no, fuck the coffee. See you later, I'm off. She has to go back to work. So why was she asking him to come for a coffee? Bullshit. Bullshit. She just wanted a quick shang in the garage. Whoa! She does, though. She does. Steph shows up and Steph... See, I don't know. Is she romantically interested? I don't know. Can't tell. Don't know. It's quite hard to tell. But she's very... She has an idea that her and Stu should take over the garage for Lou and, and and take on what Drew was doing. And Stu kind of walks off and stuff's like, oh, fuck, I've upset him. I shouldn't, oh, fuck, maybe I'll push too hard for this. I just thought it'd be a really good idea. She's like, Stu, are you all right? And he's on the phone going, Lou, I'm taking the garage, dickhead. And she's like, yeah, we're in this to fucking gather. Brilliant. So in the pub celebrating, having a good old drink up. And then Flick fucking shows up. And ruins it. She's like, oh, a drink? I'll have one of those as well. Uh, Steph, go get me a drink, dickhead. And Steph does. Weird. Well, they're pals again now, aren't they? Yeah. Even well, though it's like, obviously we're seeing it, we're on the outside looking in and we're seeing it and we're like, whoa, is this a love triangle again? We don't know yet. I don't... I've not seen the last episode, though. Does it go on a little bit further? So they're, so they're all in the pub having a drink together. And then they start talking, they start ribbing Stu for just being shit in relationships and that stalker woman uh, dumping him. And he's like, oh, yeah, but I just love the start of relationships. They're great. You get to know, and he starts reminiscing about that. And Steph's like, yeah, that is fucking great when you you can't get your hands off each other, blah, blah, blah. And then Flick's like, yeah, it's fucking great, that, in it? And then they're all just kind of like, oh, we're all kind of talking about each other here, are we? Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, so like Flick's yeah. like, I remember that time I was fucking shagging this guy. I was getting to mar- get, gonna get married. 
oh shit, yeah, that was your guy when it's their fuck. And yeah, it just gets all a bit awkward all of us for all of a sudden. So is it awkward because they both like him? Or do we still not know? Still not quite sure. Like it's obvious Flick likes him. That's fucking obvious because he's got a fucking heartbeat. But we're um, still but I'm still not about sure about Steph. Steph was only in the last set of episodes. I think we watched five of them. She was saying, Oh, like I always loved Drew, but I could never tell him. Like that was like the that was heartbreaking. Yeah. That was a horrible because she always did like him, but because he was with he always wanted Libby and he was married to her mate Libby. She could never say that, which is the worst. That was horrible. Unrequited love. Yeah, a few episodes later, I can't remember how many we watched this week. Like, she can't just change to his mate now, surely. I don't know, maybe that's some of the conflict going on. Maybe uh, Carla Bonner is just putting in hell of a act, nuanced acting performance here. But it is a bit I difficult. I love Carla Bonner. I think she's fucking brilliant. She won't reply to any of my messages, but I think she's fucking brilliant. Carla is great. Uh, super- I love Carla. She's fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, they have a bit of drink and it gets a bit awkward. And then, cuts the next day, Stu's trying to get in the garage. Flick fucking shows up again. All right, Stu, what are you doing? He's like, trying to do some fucking work, dickhead. And she's like, well, can you come and pretend to be a chauffeur for me? Because I've double booked the chauffeur and there's some cunt in Lasters who needs chauffeuring around for the day. So Stu's like, yeah, fuck it. I'll, I'm not getting paid to do this. So I'll fucking- What I do like, and I think this this is... The best that like these are my favorite things in neighbors. It's just like one of those, like it's like situational comedy kind of stuff. Oh, I've not got a chauffeur, come and be the chauffeur. Just little, th- and, he, and then the Irish chauffeur. Just yes, literally, next scene, he's putting the hat on, going, yeah. Oh, look all right. It's like, Yeah, you look that you look like you've been a chauffeur all your whole life. And she's this like, is Don't why to open the door for him. And this is why neighbors is the best soap. Because of things like that, that would never happen in an EastEnders or a Corrie or whatever else. But it can happen in here, and it's it's so good. How <laughs> the other week we were we were on the edge with Dan Paris and Drew Kirk, and the end of that, and then they just throw in these other ridiculous scenarios, and it's so good how they do it. Um, the guy that he's chauffeuring as well is like a really stupid name as well so she's like oh what's this guy calling and Vic's like oh he's like Mr Poopy or something <laughs> he's something stupid like that and he's like really he's like yeah really and he's like oh hi oh, Mr Poopy it's ridiculous it's, it's well good done. it's so good though and I think like I, I, I haven't watched any of the new ones that have come on Amazon I know we said we were going to I haven't watched them because um, they're not as good no, They're not, not as good. This is golden era neighbours we're talking about right here. Yeah, it's like so when all those classic episodes dropped, uh, I think it was the uh, the neighbours said first episode we're watching. Toad has got a fucking poodle with sunglasses on. Got it. Yeah, that would never happen in twenty. I mean, like anything twenty ten plus nope. would never happen in a million years. You could pick any episode of that would never happen. And that was one we'd already done as well, in it. Yes, it was. Yeah, we have done that episode. Can't remember which one it was. But we've done it. Just listen to them all. Just listen to them all. So he's done the chauffeuring today. You don't unfortunately get to see the chauffeuring. I thought we were going to get some comedy yeah. where he takes the wrong turn or you know, like fucking throws him around or whatever. But we don't get to see any of that. Uh, we get to see him cleaning up the uh, the limo at the end of the day. And again, he's just getting on with it, just cl- having a good old clean up. And then Flick's like, "You're right, Stu." And she's like, "He's like, for fuck's sake, like." 
you just fucking leave me alone? Uh, and he, she's like, no, I'm going to help you clean up. And he's like, all right, okay, cool. And then they clean it up. He's like, look, look what I found under here. And she's like, what have you found? He's like, a whole fucking bottle of champagne just hiding under the seat here. Winner. It's nice and cold. Should we fucking have it? And Flick's like, yeah, get fucking open. Of course. So they're there drinking champagne, having a good old laugh. And then they, then it gets all serious. They stop laughing. They pause. They hold hands. I've what? Up. They fucking hold hands. Shut up. I know when we all fucking know where that means. We all know what that means. If you listen to a very early episode of ours, maybe about episode three or four, I think, I tell a story of uh, holding an attractive lady's hands. <laughs> and so we all know where that goes. Well, little update. <laughs> Go on. Go. Um, said, said attractive lady heard that episode, didn't she? Oh, shit, yeah. And, um, Hi, attractive lady, if you're listening. And... Um, she, she she fucking loved it. She cracked up once again, and and said, um, "Yeah, she remembered it." So there you go. That's great. That was twenty something years ago. That fucking hell. Good the story. She though. still remembers that. Is 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 great. Uh, I mean, she's probably paid a lot of money to try and forget it, but well, there we go. So yeah, they hold hands and then they have a good old kiss up in the back of the limousine. I'm assuming they have a shag in there as well. Whoa, the hand holding's enough, surely. No, I'm pretty sure the next thing you just see the limo just fucking rocking back and forth. So yeah, there we go. That's that's how those five episodes end. So yeah, they've they've got it on. After yeah, they've danced around each other for a long, long time. Looking forward to seeing where that goes though, and see if Steph gets gets it back involved or anything. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I hope Steph kick, fucking kicks off about this. I really hope she loses a shit over this. Well, that, she's only going to do that if she actually liked Stu in the first place. Maybe she didn't, and she was just his mate, and she wants both of them to be happy. I don't know, um, but I'm looking forward to finding out. Uh, should we do one more storyline? We shall. Uh, should we do one about a, an already established couple? Uh, in this case, being Toadie. Oh, so there's two more storylines. Okay. Um, yeah, let's do Toadie. Let's do Toadie, which is Toadie and D. I don't think there's much to say about this. Uh, well, so Toadie's winding up D at first going on. I think we should move things on to the next stage, the next logical step. And D's like, you know, he's going to ask me to marry him here. And he's like, yeah, we'll definitely do it. So should we move into one of one of the other's room? And D's like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that'd be great. And he's like, yeah, got your dickhead. He knew uh, so what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. And uh, so they're like, yeah, let's move into rooms. Well, which fucking room do they want to move into? They make this a whole fucking episode. This is the other beauty of Neighbours, where they can sort. They could have sorted this out in two minutes, but they drag this shit out for a full episode, maybe even an episode and a half, where they don't know whose room to move into. Um, and it goes to, my room's got this, your room's got that, mine's a little bit bigger, mine's closer to the bathroom, yours has got a weird smell in it. It's fucking pointless, <laughs> pointless shit. Then they toss a coin, and they end up going into D's room or something, fucking whatever. No, the, the, I think, whichever room they pick, they, they toss a coin and do it. Then they both decide that neither of them really wants to leave their room, and they're kind of back at a stalemate again. Um and then, speaking of stalemates, D, uh, Toadie does a fucking horrible fart, which puts D off the whole thing 
Is that what it was? Is that what changed the <laughs> Oh mind? yeah, this is how it this is how it concludes. So they're running around which fucking one, and then Tony does a massive fucking fart, and he goes, "Right, that's it. I'm not fucking moving in." <laughs> Fuck that, you dirty bastard! I did bastard. not see that bit. That's brilliant. You dirty bastard! And then she was like, "You're a dickhead. You don't find something from one in front of someone for six months. That's the fucking rule." And Tony's like, "But she needs to smell them now." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, you're a fucking dickhead." So D. He's pretty off with Tony for like a day, full day. And Tony's like, fuck, I'm in trouble here because that was really bad part. <laughs> so she makes, and then like Steph, Steph gets involved. She's like, oh, you're being a bit fucking hard on Tony. She's like, I'm only winding him up. I'm just making him sweat a little bit because it was a really bad fart. <laughs> uh, so they catch up at the pub later on. And Tony's like, fuck it. Like, it was, I know it was a really bad fart, but like, Come on, let's let's not fucking get insane about this. She's like, no, actually, I think it's probably best we stay in each other's rooms right now. Let's not change anything. Let's go on. And Tony's like, right, okay, fine then. But he does say something really quite poignant here, and I'm going to quote this to you as well because I thought does it was he funny. does he say to D that she might not be aware, but it's actually ten thousand days since she, <laughs> that she's been on the show, and he's got her a fucking cake. No, he he said, I was going to do a big surprise, but instead I've just got you a cake with 10 candles in. And I'm ill, so fucking blow it out yourself, dickhead. (laughs) Yeah. Have you smelt those farts? I'm fucking rot well. (laughs) (laughs) He says to Dee, he says, all right, no problem. Well, we'll stay in each other's rooms for now, but do me a favour. And Dee's like, yeah, of course, whatever you want. And he's like, don't let the things that don't matter matter too much. I thought that was a really poignant quote. That I think that's what, quite. What nice. did you get? What did you? What's your? What do you think he meant by that? <laughs> what's your filter on this? Say it again, sorry. Don't let the things that don't matter matter too much. Okay, what are you thinking? So you know, he's saying that there, in relationships there are those little things that that can become quite bigger in that kind of. Um, pressure box of a relationship when you're quite when you're in, in close quarters, close quarters with one another, and they can seem more than they actually are. They're not things that matter, but because of the pressure box of a relationship, they they tend to matter more. Do so we say, do you think is really bad fart then is a metaphor for just like it's a metaphor? Do you <laughs> think that is? Me like deeper meaning. What do you think? What do you think the real message is? Uh, it's not about say- the fart. What is it? What what what's the fart? What is the fart symbolizing? The fart is symbolizing. Uh, mm, that's a good question. What is the fart symbolizing? Uh, that because <laughs> it was such a fucking horrible fart. It was fucking it devastating. Like she's fucking like her eyes watered and everything. And because that got all around the house, I think what he's trying to say is love is all around. Okay. Did, did does he feel it in his fingers and feel it in his toes? <laughs> Dee said she fell at the back of her fucking throat. She said she, oh, it's one of them. You can taste, taste it. it. <laughs> so I think that's what he's saying. He's like, my fart is my love, and it will be all around. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, what's yours and Peyton's farting routine? Uh, 
I don't know. I think I'm, I'm assuming we just do it in our sleep when we're not listening to each other. I imagine it's just a right fart-a-thon in sleep. Fucking <laughs> hell. Like, I consciously try not to do it in front of her, and I think she does the same as well. But I think by the time we're both asleep, it's just fucking... All bets are off. <laughs> it's like fucking Tupac and Biggie with fucking beats. <laughs> yeah, I imagine... Uh... I imagine it's all going off between the hours of midnight and 6am. <laughs> it's a fucking explosion. Wow. Especially... Should we do one more storyline? Uh, yeah, why not? Why not? Should we talk about the Kennedys? Yeah, that's what I want to talk about, because obviously the last few episodes we watched before this, can't remember how many there were, but it was, they were quite depressing. And the ones before that were really depressing. So Drew died, and then the last batch we watched were depressing because it was everyone like missing drew and being sad and all that cause fucking a drew sized hole in ramsey street um most people aren't asked anymore yeah most people have kind of got over it now he's and you can tell because he's barely getting mentioned in episodes it's, it's, it's dripping now isn't it? it's just the, the occasional like they showed a photograph of him at one point there was the stuff with um steph and Which... Stu at the garage it was the fucking worst photograph. Worst photograph I've ever seen. Like, and if you had, like, if if you got married and had a photographer all day, you'd probably have one of those wedding photos up. You wouldn't have the worst photo you've ever taken of each other. You'd have hundreds of staged photographs, and they were together for a few years. You'd have loads of trips and, and days out and just pictures, nice pictures. I've got a picture of Dan Paris on my fucking fridge that's better than that one. <laughs> It's clearly just the only picture they've took backstage of them. Like they're clearly in a, at a trailer somewhere, just chilling out. In it's the not. Street. No, it's just him. The one that I saw was just Dan. I'm going to say Dan and not Drew. Sat on a deck chair, shades on, beer in his hand. He's clearly <laughs> just chilling out in between takes. <laughs> no, I think in this one they've superimposed Libby on it as well. Oh, okay, uh, but yeah, it's a terrible fucking photo. So yeah, but. Libby's starting to get over it. Uh, well, Susan thinks. Well, yeah. Well, Susan thinks that she's like, oh, I think I should move in with you, Libby, because I think you could do with the help with 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 Ben, uh, and I think it'd be it'd be nice for our relationship, and maybe it'll help me remember some things. Uh, Libby does not react to this at all. She has a right fucking meltdown about this. She just uh, wants to do it in her own time, in her own way. Yeah. So Carl's like, oh, well, if you want, just move in with me, then I'll, you know. There's plenty of spare rooms in there where the Kennedys will take any fucking strays in. Uh, and she's like, yeah, I probably will do, actually. And I'm, you know, I'm not on the same street as Libby. Fantastic. Uh, but Libby has a little think about it and goes, actually, no, that will be a nice idea. Well, it's not just that she has a little think. She actually does something. She um, invites Connor to come round and does a little bit of teaching him to read. Connor is a bit like, oh, she's, you know, her husband only died five episodes ago. Probably leave it. Um, and Libby goes round, says, if you forgot, come on. And it takes yeah, her like, mind off it. She's like, yeah. it's fucking one past ten here, dickhead. Come You're on. Right. So she um, does his lesson. It, it, she helps somebody. It takes her mind off it a little bit. And it's that kind of, even though it's shit, life goes on kind of thing. And she's she's got Ben. She's got to be strong. She's got to kind of crack on with it a little bit. And because she enjoyed teaching Connor so much, she's decided next step for her is not going to do the journalism anymore because I haven't done any, any of that for fucking loads of episodes. 
Um, I will be a teacher now instead because I'm pretty good at it. Why not? Yeah. Uh, at this point as well, Susan has decided that she's going to uni. Uh, the fast tracks about him because like you've already got a degree in this. So <laughs> yeah, you can fucking do it again if you want. It's all in a red. She just can't all, remember it. Just can't remember it. So like, yeah, we can fast track you back in to do the degree you've already done. Not a problem at all. So yeah, they're like, we can move in together. We can be study buddies and we can support each other. And it's great. And then Carl's just a little bit miffed about that. He almost, well, he's, he almost had Susan back in his house, didn't he? But then, yeah. and it's like, ah, oh, it's brilliant because she's going to move in here and help Libby out. Kind of wanted to shag her though. Yeah. And that's going to be a bit harder if she, I can't. He's already bought the wine. He's trying to liquor her up. Um, Susan's got a job at the coffee shop now um, to yeah. help her out. So she's like, she's gone to uni and she's got a little side job at the coffee shop as well. Uh, but her and Carl, the sparks are just starting to get up again, aren't they? Just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. They've got a good, like, at this point, they've got a good relationship. It's quite, yeah. they're, quite they're obviously very fond of each other. They had a fucking great time with the belly dancer the other week. Yeah. Uh, they've got, a yeah, there's a, a genuine fondness there that's developed quite quickly. But, yeah, Carl is not happy that Susan's starting to move on with her life a little bit. She's going back to uni. She's making her own money now. Do you she, think that... Do you think she's moving on? I think so, yeah, because at one point she goes to Carl, don't need to send me all this money anymore. I've got a job now. She does do that, but I think she's not moving on. I think she's moving back in her mind. She's already coming back to the house. She's doing her, She's going to be doing her job that she did when they were together. I think she's doing all the things oh. to get the family back together again so that not probably the next few episodes... It might take a few more, but I, I can I can sense a light at the end of this tunnel. Yeah, I see. That. Maybe she's doing that. I don't. Maybe she's doing that uh, subconsciously. Maybe like maybe. she's trying to step away, but all these things are actually the the road is leading back to Ramsey Street. All roads lead back to Ramsey Street, don't they? There we do. And that is a very nice way to end this episode, isn't it? That's uh, nice and cyclical. Uh, well, it's more of a cul-de-sac, really. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what this fucking podcast is. Well, we'll be back on the on the street again next next time, won't we? Five we more episodes. Do you fancy doing five more? Yeah, let's do five more. Uh, the episode, I don't think I mentioned this at the start. We did watch episodes 4097 to 4101. If you want to watch along these episodes yourself, you're more than willing to. We'll watch the next five next week so you can watch them along with us as well. Do you want to hear uh, them with the socials as well? At Watch Neighbor. We've got a Patreon. It it could be for extra stuff for the podcast. It could be a cure for Tim. We don't know yet. Uh, we think the cure for Tim will get more money, to be honest. We've also... So, obviously, we'll be back. Maybe with Tim as well. Who knows? If it's not Tim, it'll be Timbot. Um, but we've also got a few little ideas as well, haven't we? Because it's nice when it's just me and you. It's all right when it's me, you and Tim. But I'm not going to lie. I like it when there's... Other people on here as well to chat to. Yes. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, Cons. We have got some very exciting things. And when we see that, when we say that, you know we can fucking back it up as well. Because we have done every time. You've you've already listened to those episodes. And if you haven't, what are you doing? Stop listening to this one because it's the end. So that's that's perfectly fine. And then listen to the other ones. You could listen to our chat with Ben Hall, Marissa, Drew Kirk. Emily Milburn, there's fucking loads of them. 
Go back and listen. I really like how you did everybody's real name but Drew Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> you mean that wasn't his real name? Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> oh, sorry, Dan. Right, so... Nice one. Thank you very much. We'll speak to you. No, I won't speak to you. Well, we'll speak to you. You won't speak back to us, though, because that's not how podcasts work. That's a phone call. <laughs> that's a phone call. <laughs> But you'll hear our voices next week. And if you miss our voices in the meantime, there's fucking loads of episodes to go back to. Over 100. Find over 100. Find out how I held that, that attractive woman's hand. Find out what happened at that glitter party. There's so much <laughs> loads to find out about. See you next week. Uh, wait a minute, actually. Tim Boss wants to say something before we go. One. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. Actually, should I do it in a, the, the posh Tim voice? Or like yes, please. Voice? Just do a Tim voice, whatever you think Tim oh, shall I do a like. posh, Shall I do a posh robot voice? Already this has gone on too long. It's just a little <laughs> added extra. <laughs> fucking say it. Thanks for tuning into our podcast today. We hope we've branded up your day and give you a good laugh. Remember to subscribe and leave us a review. That is a very good point, Timbo. I never remember to ask people to do that. Thank you. And we'll be back with more hilarious content soon. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and keep laughing.